0: Welcome once again to the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. Today, you will get to hear a message from me, Anthony Lind, the youth pastor at Bethesda. This past Sunday, I was given the privilege of giving the message at Bethesda Church. Since it was the Sunday before Christmas, we were focusing on the birth of our Savior. We will be looking at how five different people responded to Jesus' birth. The two passages we will be looking at is Luke 1 and 2, as well as Matthew chapters 1 and 2. We encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along. Um, Well, it's been a great morning so far. I feel like with the story been told, in a sense, we could sing and go home, right? Because that's the story. That's the whole reason um, for Christmas. We've seen it with the angels, the shepherds, the Mary and Joseph. Um, but we're just going to take a little bit of time this morning um, to look at uh, how the different characters in um, the Christmas story responded to Jesus' birth. Um, just we'll look at five different people or groups of people um, and kind of go that way. Um, and I could, there is another birthday today. Rhonda told me I should sing, we should all sing happy birthday, but... I won't be that mean, Julie. Happy birthday. Um, I think I have done that before to Andrea. I think we sang happy birthday to her. But uh, we'll go and jump in and look at Jesus' birth this morning. And we're going to be looking kind of at how, like I said, how people respond to him. And uh, I I heard recently a pastor, James Ford, he's a pastor of a church in Chicago, um, he told this story kind of how, um, as an as example of an inappropriate response um, to kind of a gift of charity. And he said he was at a, um, I think it was some kind of like a, a, a really big buffet restaurant. I don't know if you've ever been to those in a big city where there's just like, there's this huge buffet um, with huge building. And he said there was two, two lines to get into this restaurant. And, you know, it was packed. I think it was like a Sunday afternoon. So, of course, everybody's going out to eat. Um, And the lines were, you know, just, you're kind of packed, you're in these two slow-moving lines. And uh, one line was against a wall, and uh, he was in the second line that was not against the wall. And he said, this lady that was up here against the wall, she was messing in her purse or something, and she dropped a dime. And the dime kind of rolled, you know, how coins do, and they roll, and it kind of ended up farther away. And he, uh, Pastor Ford, as he's standing in the line... Um, you know, he realizes that she's not going to be able to get that because if she gets out of line, I mean, it's packed, you know, she could lose her spot. Um, and she's, you know, she's against the wall. She's kind of stuck there. Um, so since he's there with his family, he chooses to go and he's going to pick up this dime for this lady um, to give it back to her. I mean, it's just a dime. But he was decided he was going to do that. Um, and as soon as he, he says, as he reached down and he picked it up and it was turning around to bring it back to her, 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 her response was, that's my dime give me back my dime and just as a simple thing he was just a dime but she was adamant that that's my dime give me back my dime he said then his wife got a little upset well that's my husband you know (laughs) they're going back and forth well that's my dime but just an example of maybe an inappropriate response um, we're gonna see both kind of appropriate and inappropriate responses today Um, another one um, I was thinking Rhonda didn't even know she mentioned this last night she didn't know I was gonna share this morning Um, of a, uh, maybe, uh, we respond differently. Everybody responds differently. We're gonna see that in um, the story today. Everybody responds differently to a gift. Um, When I, we were married maybe a month, I'm guessing, and Rhonda, um, I think it must have been for my birthday, uh, she chose, she got a gift for me for my birthday. And uh, you know, we hadn't been married very long. What she did is she went out and bought me a really nice sleeping bag. You know, one of those that you can actually sleep in the cold and not freeze to death. and she, uh, I came home from work, I think, and when, she, when I opened it, um, she was expecting, I think, maybe um, a response something like this. <laughs> um, but if you know anything about me, um, that's probably not, that's not how I responded, right? Um, so uh, she has learned to uh, not expect that kind of a response from any, really any kind of gift she gives me. But So today we're going to look at how the different characters responded to the birth of Jesus. But before we do that, um, as I was studying, I came across kind of a warning. Um, as we we want to look at the different characters and how they respond, learn how that can affect us, um, how we can learn from that. Um, but it says, uh, I came across a quote, and i was just going to put it up there because so, it's a little bit long, and I know it's sometimes hard to follow along. But it says, sometimes we get caught up in the sentimental images of the Christmas story. We saw it this morning, right? A haloed baby Jesus resting peacefully in a hay-filled trough in a quaint stall in a field near Bethlehem on a midwinter starry night with the beatific mother Mary and antiquated father Joseph camels arriving with the three magi all surrounded by donkeys with sheep and shepherds from the fields and an angelic host. So our purpose here is not to disrupt sentimentality or sentimentally held traditions but to understand clearly Matthew and Luke as we look at both of them um, their emphasis so that we can more carefully align our lives with the immense significance of the arrival of Jesus. So that's the point. We want to align our lives with that, this immense significant uh, event. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in Luke, we're going to go back to Matthew, and then we're going to come back to Luke. So we're going to do a little bit of shifting. Um, but if you open it up to Luke chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 26. Verse 26. And we're going to, first we're going to look at Mary. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26, I'm just going to read. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am still a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and in this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And I'm sure we're, we're familiar with the story and, you know, what all it entails. Um, but just a couple things to, to highlight. Um, you know, it talks about, my, I'm reading from the ESV, it talks about uh, that she was betrothed to uh, Joseph. So, betrothal usually took place when a girl was between 12 and 13. That was usual. So, those of you that are junior high girls, you can imagine that this may be Mary as a 12 or 13 year old girl. Um, probably arranged by the parents, and then the second part of the marriage, um, with marriage ceremony and everything like that, happened about a year later. Um, so, we're, we're between that period. She's betrothed, that's happened. Um, she, they're not quite to the, the marriage. But I think it's significant that she's a a young girl. I mean, even if she was older than average, I mean, she's still probably a teenager when when this happens. Um, The angel comes to her and says that she has found favor with God. And he just leaves it at that. And I think that's because... um, it's, not, it's, it's like it is with us. God doesn't find favor with us because of the things we do. It's just because of who he is, right? He, just, he, he finds favor with Mary because he's a gracious and a generous God. It says that she is honored by God not because of her own merit or things that she's done, um, but simply because she is the chosen vessel for this demonstration of God's grace, right? We're, we're chosen vessels of God's demonstration of saving grace. He, just, he chose Mary for whatever reason, because he's God. That's what he wanted to do. And then I think it's also important to recognize um, that the angel makes it very clear that she was going to give birth to the promised Messiah. Right? It's not like there's any, you know, un- discord here, clarity. He says, the Lord will give him the throne of David. He will reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will never end. It's pretty obvious that that's the Messiah that they've been looking for um, through the Old Testament and the prophecies and all that. So we see this and we see, you know, the whole story of Mary and then, well, how does she respond? And her response um, blows me away and you could probably do a whole message just on um, Mary's response to just this whole thing. I mean, you think of her as a young um, girl and an angel comes and, you know, there's, it's just a, a crazy story. And her response is one of belief. We don't know if there's any disbelief or anything like that. Um, but it says in verse 38, it says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Or if you go down, if you read a little bit farther, after she goes and visits Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth says to her, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her. So our response to the birth of Jesus has to start right with, like Mary did. It has to start with belief, because if you don't start with the belief that he is the Son of God, he's gonna be the promised Messiah, you have nowhere else to go, right? You have to believe that. And like I said, it just blows my mind that she, as a young girl, responds in such a way. But that's the way it is. So she responded with belief, well, let's go now to Joseph, the other um, side of the pair. We're going to jump back to Matthew, though. You've got to go back to Matthew because Luke doesn't have much to say. Actually, I don't think he has anything to say about Joseph. But Matthew, instead of focusing on Mary, focuses on Joseph. So if you go back to Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read a few verses from uh, Matthew chapter 1 about Joseph. Starting in verse 18. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. So here we have Joseph. It says in here that he was a just and, uh, or righteous, maybe some of your translations say, he was a just man, but he was also compassionate because he didn't want to just, the penalty for what, everybody thought was Mary's adultery I mean uh, a woman does not get pregnant they in without you know the other half so it's if that was adultery everybody thought it was that was the punishment could have been stoning if she would have, if he would have came out in public and said you know she's done this and he he would have to divorce her because they were legally bound um, the, they, she could have been stoned legally it didn't happen a lot in that day but that's what the law required um, but being a just man and also a compassionate man, he wanted to do it quietly. You know, maybe get a couple, two or three witnesses was all it would have taken. Um, get the divorce, you know, finalized and, and, and to go separate ways. Uh, but we see, again, the angel of the Lord comes to him. Uh, just like Mary, he's probably pretty young too, possibly his late uh, teens. And again, he doesn't, the angel doesn't necessarily say that this is the Messiah like he did with Mary. But it's interesting that he says he will save the people from their sins, um, another aspect of the Messiah. And then as I think about Joseph and his situation, I mean, and I try to put myself in his shoes. I mean, even if you have an angel of the Lord come to you, which has got to be frightening. I mean, every time the angel comes, he says, do not fear. So that obviously something makes him afraid. Um, you know, he's in a position where he's got the rest of his life ahead of him. As a as a carpenter, and he, you know, if he if he were to go through and marry Jose, or marry Mary, um, his the rest of his life is in a sense tarnished. His reputation is shot. Uh, he, everybody's going to look at them, and, and because of what happened, his reputation is gone. He'll probably lose business. Um, family members probably, maybe not, are going to be okay with that, and he maybe lose some family. And so, even though if you have an angel of the Lord come and say. This baby is from God. This cannot be an easy decision. I mean, even though it's, it's that, I mean, his, his, his life is ahead of him. He's got a hard, a hard decision to make. But Joseph's response is similar to Mary and is, is, is also astounding, is one of obedience. Right away, it says in verse 24, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And in a sense, there's no hesitation there. He also believed that what God was saying to him was true, and he just automatic obedience. It makes me think of um, going back to what Pastor Roy shared last couple weeks ago in John from John 15. You know, God is the vine, and we are the branches. And, and it takes obedience. It says in uh, John, I think it's 15:10, where it says, If you obey my commandments, you will abide in me, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And so just like Joseph, we should be automatic, ready, and willing to obey. And just a quick side note, um, kind of as I, as I think of this story, a good point to put this in here. Uh, when, you, when you think of, this is like the beginning of a major event in God's plan. And he chooses to use two You know, in a sense, random people that are not in high position. Of course, they're of the line of David because that's part of the prophecy. Um, And he chooses to bring his son into the world in this way, in a stable, in a manger. Um, You know, there's not any fanfare. He's not in a palace. And it makes me think of if God is willing to work and bring his son into the world in that way, um, what 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 can he do through us? And it may be, look different. If God chose to bring the king and savior of the world into the, into the world in this way, imagine how he might use us and the little things. You don't have to be a king of high importance, um, but God chooses to work in mysterious, uh, small, and seem sometimes insignificant what we think is insignificant ways. But we have to move on from Joseph to the wise men. We're going to keep reading in Matthew, uh, where it talks about, in chapter 2, the beginning of chapter 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I may And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So here we have wise men. Um, Made a very long journey. If they're coming from the east, um, possibly coming from Babylon, which is where the Jews were exiled, um, they could have, it would have been, what did I read? It would have been could have been up to a 900-mile journey for them to take. This isn't like in a car. We're going to get in a car and go to Montana, and it's not going to take us that long. If they're going to go on a 900-mile journey, they're going to have to get, you know, supplies together. They're going to have to have more than just probably the three of them. They're probably going to have to have quite an entourage. It's going to take them probably months to go this far. Um, But for whatever reason, somehow they had learned uh, that there was, the star would announce the birth of a king. Could have been through the Jews that if they were in Babylon, they, you know they would have had their scriptures there. They could have learned that from the Jews, um, but they knew that this star would announce a king. Um, also, we don't know how many were there. There could have been two. There could have been three. There could have been thirty. The only reason I say that is because you don't know, don't get your uh, what's your story facts from a movie or a Christmas program or anything like that. Um, just get it from God's word. It doesn't tell us how many there were. It says they brought three gifts. We don't know how many there were. And also, it says, they, they probably mixed many different forms of religion. Uh, they were leading figures in the religious life of their country. Uh, they, they had, you know, as a, as a Gentile, as a pagan, you know, it's not like they just believed in God and were coming to worship, this is the God King, um, they knew, whatever somehow they knew that this star that they saw, God told them this was the announcement of a king, a king of great importance that was worth traveling this distance to come. <clears throat> a couple things else, like I said, they somehow they knew that um, they expected him to be in the political and religious center of the country, right? They go to Jerusalem, and they they figure out, we're wondering where they're asking, where is this king? Where is this king? Um, Herod hears about it. Um, They get a meeting with him. But that's where they expected him to be. But that's not where, like I said, that's not where God chose to bring his son into the world. Their response was worship. Says several times. You probably caught it as we were reading. Um, Says in the beginning, they came, they told Herod they're coming to worship. They want to come worship the king. Um, And then when they get there, it says... uh, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house, the child Mary, they fell down and worshiped him. Right, just like our response should be to Jesus, the king coming into our life. Well, we gotta move on, like I said, to the, really the, fir- the only negative response that we see in the Christmas story to Jesus' birth, and that's Herod. Um, and I'm not gonna read on, but in, in 16 to 18, if you read on through the story of uh, of uh, in Matthew, he, uh, the wise men, God tells him in a dream, don't go back to Herod. You know, go home a different way. Um, Herod finds out he's been tricked, and what does he do? He sends an order to go in and kill every every male, every kid two years or older, because that's the time that the the wise men said they heard, saw the star. Not just in Bethlehem, but in the surrounding region. Right. And we, really, we know from history that he was um, a king appointed of Judah by Rome. Uh, he loved building projects. He was the one, even though he, his lifestyle obviously wasn't one who um, worshipped God, he, he rebuilt the temple, uh, probably a political move. Um, but we also know from history that he was ruthless. A footnote in my Bible says that he, not, um, he, he was ruthless. He, doesn't, he didn't only murder his own wife, but he murdered several of his own sons. And several relatives. So he was ruthless. He was whatever he had to do to hold on to that throne. He was wanting to do. So what was his response? He's anxious. He's mad. He's angry. Um, he attempts. He's attempting to derail the plan of God. You can really sum that all up into one word: rebellion. He's rebelling against God's plan for not only him and his life, but the entire world. He's trying to. Uh, rebel against God's plan. And so hopefully that's not where you're at today, but if it is, there's always hope that you can, you can change. Um, but that's, I think, where a lot of people are at in our world today. So it seems like some people, they don't even, they just, they don't want to believe in a God. They don't want to believe the good things even that He can bring. Um, they're just in rebellion to God. But that's a, definitely a response, and it's a response that many people have, but it's not an appropriate response. Let's finish um, by going back to Luke. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read a few more verses here as we look at the shepherds. I'm going to read some verses and then we've got a short video clip to kind of help us understand them. Luke 2, starting in verse 8. We heard some of these verses this morning. Luke 2, starting in verse 8. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So we're going to end on a good note. We're not going to end on Herod. Um, We see the shepherds. And Bill, if you could play that video kind of a short video of how the shepherd might have felt that night.
1: It was a night like any other night except for Uh that angel. Ain't seen nothing like it before or since. Us shepherds, we don't get a lot of excitement out there in the pasture. But that angel, it was so bright, so beautiful. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Sam, you've been out in that pasture just a little bit too long. And you'd be correct. But that all changed when that angel came right up to us. And the angel said, Don't be afraid. I was like, Too late. (laughs) And then the angel said, No, I wrote it down. I need to get this right. Hold on. Um, Okay. The angel said, um, Milk, bread, no, that's my grocery list. Then the angel said, I have good news of a great joy, that shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord." And then the angel said, he's lying in a manger, wrapped in cloth, go find him. Okie dokie. So we're all sitting around, and then one of the shepherds, the thing was Steve, he's like, hey, what are we doing? Let's get out of here, let's go to Bethlehem. So we it out of there, and we found that beautiful baby. I'll tell you, I was a different man after that. God chose me. Nobody's ever chosen me for anything. I'll never forget what that angel said though. The angel said, I bring good news to all people that means you too.
0: So in a sense it's their response really that I, I, I am excited about the most, right? It's the shepherds, you know? And you hear a lot maybe about how they're, you know, the outcast of society. Um, honestly I really couldn't find anything about them being looked down on or um, in the several dictionaries and, and commentaries I read, but they're just, they're out there. They're doing their job um, and the angels appear to them and announce it and they go and they see it and they, they realize that what they said, what they heard is true and was from God. And then like he said there in that video, he says he was changed. Obviously, they were changed, obviously, because it says they returned glorifying and praising God. Their response is one of praise, really. And not only just praise, but you, you see that they, my verse, my Bible says that they, like, they urgently, they went and sought him out with haste, in a sense, I think is what my Bible said. Um, and not only did they go quickly, they told others about it. They were like, M- these angels, they appeared to us. They said that there's this Jesus, this baby, you know, in a, in a manger. And, um, they told others about it. And then, like I said, they returned and their lives were changed. They returned glorifying and praising God, and I think that should be our response as well to Jesus and his birth, not only to his birth, but when you really think about the birth of Jesus, it's, just, it's part of God's plan of salvation and working in our lives. And so really we can think of and we can use the birth of Jesus to just kind of symbolize how is God working in your life? He, he continues to work. It didn't stop there. It didn't stop with Jesus dying on the cross and raising again. He's continuing to work in each and every one of our lives. And so it's a matter of how are we going to respond to that? Um, I'm going to come back to the warning that I kind of shared at the beginning, the point I made at the beginning. Even though we can learn these great lessons from Each of these individuals, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, uh, we miss the whole point of the story. Like I said, if we forget about Jesus, you know, it's nice we see amazing pictures. We see um, great decorations of of things around this time. Uh, But God chose Joseph and Mary to be the parents of his son. He chose them out of goodwill, out of his grace. God revealed to the wise men that a king with a capital K was to be born and they should go worship him. And God chose the shepherds to be the first to know that the baby was born and that they should go and find Him. That the Savior of His people was born. He, they were the first to know. So just kind of as, as we close, uh, what's your response to Jesus? You know, putting all the all debates about Christmas aside, you know, was it really on this day? You know, in our culture, in our church, we're choosing to focus on this as celebrating the birth of of Jesus. What is your response to Jesus? Will you believe that he's the savior of the world? Will you fall down and worship him like the wise men? Will you search him out? Will you tell others about him? Will you glorify and praise God because of what Jesus is doing in your life? <clears throat> it made me think of, I'm just gonna close in reading Philippians 2. Uh, made me think, Think of this verse, these verses when I was studying uh, for the message today. Philippians 2, starting in verse 6. I'm going to close with these verses. This is talking about Jesus. It says, Who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped and held on to, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And that reminds us that one day every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, everyone that's ever lived is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you do it now, you get to experience the joy, the peace like we've talked about, of life everlasting with God. If you wait till after you die, you still experience everlasting life, but it's not an everlasting life that you want. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and I think we got a, one closing song um, kind of in, in response to the message today. But I'm just going to go ahead and pray. And I just like I encourage you to think about that. How are you going to respond? How do you respond to Jesus? Is it belief? Is it obedience? Is it worship? Is it glorifying and praising Him? Or is it in rebellion? So I'm going to go ahead and pray. Dear God, we just thank You so much for uh, sending Your Son, Jesus. Like I said, even though we don't know when he was born... um, We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.